Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, if you're a nervous flyer, this item, uh, well, the item we're going to do now might not be for you because a lot of passengers don't like it when the aircraft is buffeted by turbulence. But it seems as turbulence is increasing. Scientists at the University of Reading have been studying this and we're joined from there by co-author of the study, Professor Paul Williams. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, what causes turbulence in the first, first instance? Well, it's kind of complicated. Lots of different things can generate turbulence. Uh, The wind blowing over a mountain can do it. Um, Warm air rising and forming clouds and storms can obviously do it as well. You don't never want to fly through a storm. But the kind of turbulence we've been analysing is invisible. It's called clear air turbulence. And it's just generated by um, wind shear, which is changes in wind speed, rapid changes in wind speed in the atmospheric jet streams. And we've had this notion for many years now that climate change might be strengthening it. But um, that's all been based on kind of theoretical computer models. Um, but uh, what we finally have now is some evidence that, yes, turbulence has, in fact, started already to increase. And we, we've seen actually large increases over the past few decades. Mm. Now, how do you chart the amount of turbulence that would be in a given week or month or year? It's a tricky one, research-wise, especially this invisible clear air turbulence, because, of course, satellites can't see it. Mm. Uh, The pilot can't see it. The radar on board the plane can't see it. It's literally kind of invisible and comes out of the blue. But what we can do, there's a little little workaround, if you like, because what satellites have been measuring uh, since the 1970s is the three-dimensional shape and structure of the jet streams in the atmosphere. And it turns out that if we know that, we can actually calculate how much turbulence that jet stream would have been generating. And that's exactly what we've done in our new study that's just come out. We've analyzed four decades worth of of atmospheric observations of the jet stream, crunched the numbers to work out how much turbulence there would have been. And um, as you've alluded to, we we know, for example, we've calculated that there's today 55% more severe turbulence over the North Atlantic. 41% 41% more over the US and, and similar figures elsewhere around the world. So these are the changes that have happened in the in the past four decades. So it looks like flights are a lot bumpier today than they, they were uh, decades ago. And that's a dram- fairly dramatic increase uh, uh, for to take place over, over four decades. And, and ex- explain exactly, Paul, how climate change has affected this increase. Yes, it's not an obvious link, is it? Because obviously our carbon emissions are warming the atmosphere, but what's that got to do with turbulence? Well, it turns out that if we go up to 40,000 feet, which is where a typical commercial passenger aircraft will be cruising, it turns out that um, it's not warming the same amount everywhere. There are atmospheric feedbacks taking place, feedback loops, where warming creates more warming, which creates even more warning, like a vicious cycle type of effect. And that is having the consequence that the temperature difference across the jet stream from north to south is today uh, a lot stronger than it was 40 years ago. And we know that temperature differences generate wind shear in the jet stream and wind shear generates turbulence. So that's the link there from temperatures increasing the temperature differences, generating more wind shear, and that's what's generating more turbulence. Does it affect the intensity of the turbulence? 
it does what we've done is there's a there are ways of of kind of quantifying or describing the strength of the turbulence uh, we've got these categories that go from light to moderate to severe to extreme uh, a bit like the richter scale for for measuring you know how much energy is in an earthquake mm. we've got a similar scale it doesn't have a name but there is a similar scale for for measuring the strength of turbulence and we see that light and moderate and severe are all increasing so this is an increase in the amount of turbulence in in all of these categories light turbulence i mean nervous flyers don't like it and by the way something like one in four of us has a diagnosable fear of flying according to the statistics i've seen so nervous flyers really aren't going to be happy about this this new study but even the moderate and the severe turbulence is the one that has the potential to cause injury severe turbulence is stronger than gravity so the up and down motions of the plane you know in severe turbulence the plane will be being pushed down by the turbulence more strongly than gravity can keep you in your seat so if you're not seat belted you'll start to lift up and potentially become in the worst case a, a projectile and sort of start um, you know diving around inside the cabin and maybe flying up to the ceiling so it, it really can injure people this this severe category of turbulence okay i warned you listeners uh, about this now, and and i suppose even more worrying clear air turbulence can't be spotted or is there a method of spotting it well, there's some experimental technology, and they've done test flights. Um, it's called LIDAR, and it, it operates on the same principle as radar, but uses mm. a different kind of wavelength of light. And it turns out it can see this invisible clear air turbulence, but we're not currently using it just because it's too expensive. Um, but maybe that will change in future. And, and just to reassure listeners, because I don't know, there'll be people on their way to the airport now, and um, <laughs> I don't want to be scaring people. Turbulence is rare. When we say there's been a 55% increase, in the 1970s, there were only 17 or 18 hours of turbulence, severe turbulence, in the entire year over the North Atlantic. And that's increased to, to 27 hours today. So still only only around one day in 365. So that just tells you how rare this kind of turbulence is. Yeah. And is it relatively easy to avoid turbulence or fly out of turbulence? Or if you're going in a particular direction, you kind of have to just tough it out for a while. Yeah, to some extent. I mean, obviously, if there's a massive storm in the way, you you presumably try and go around it. But this uh, this clear air turbulence, often the first time the pilots will know it's there is when they're flying through it because there's literally no warning. I mean, pilots do talk to each other over the radio and they'll share information, but it rapidly becomes out of date. Um, there are forecasts as well, just like weather forecasts, but, you know, specialized forecasts mapping how strong the turbulence will be rather than the temperatures and the rainfall. And they're about 80 percent accurate. Um, and so pilots will certainly do their best to plot the smoothest route by consulting these turbulence forecast charts before they take off. If it's increased, though, by 55 percent in in the last 40 years, there's no reason to believe it's not going to continue to increase. That's what our projections are telling us. Um and again, at the, at the great risk of, of distressing any nervous flyers who are, who are listening to the show, Sean, um, our calculations are saying that turbulence could triple um, on, on North Atlantic routes and, and basically around the world, North America and Europe as well, triple in the next few decades, just as the climate continues to warm. 
And those temperature differences in the upper atmosphere get stronger and stronger, driving stronger wind shear in the jet stream and generating, as I say, double or treble the amount of severe turbulence. So, um, yeah, bad news if you're if you're not a, a very if you're a nervous flyer. Time to consider a nice cruise. Uh, Professor yes. Paul Williams is an atmospheric scientist at the University of Reading. Paul, thank you very much for speaking with us today. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.